Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. Tristan here along with Jacob and Jacob's going to go ahead and tell you guys what we're going to get into. Yeah, so this week for the NFL we're going to be talking about uh, the franchise tag deadline that has recently passed, talking about the beginning negotiation stages of um, the NFL um, and then going on into hockey we're going to talk about how each other's teams have been doing and also talk about some big news coming out of Philly so let's get right into it. Yeah, so starting out in the NFL, so last week the episode we released was we released it on the day that the franchise tag deadline was, but we recorded it the day prior. So franchise tags were still able to be given out, uh, but with those franchise tags, a couple big names did get franchise tagged. Uh, Cowboys franchise tagged Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs was tagged in Las Vegas, and Lamar was tagged in Baltimore, and then also Evan Ingram was tagged in Jacksonville. Now, with that being said, uh, Saquon got tagged, but there was a big reason Saquon got tagged, and that was because they were able to work out a deal with Daniel Jones in New York. So Daniel Jones is going back to New York for four years, I believe it's four years, 40 mil a year, which... We were talking about it a little bit. It kind of destroys the quarterback market. Daniel Jones is not exactly a top-tier quarterback in the NFL currently. He's suitable for New York, but he kind of just made every other quarterback on the market, like Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, just get a big, goofy smile on their face because of the way that they, uh, the amount of money they are going to be making because Daniel Jones is making $40 million. Yeah, and this this has really screwed over the quarterback market, I thought. Like the Jimmy G deal that recently happened and the um, Derek Carr deal, I thought were kind of starting to border that, but I think this one takes the cake. Um, yeah, I know, I understand that quarterbacks are a premium in this league and they're, they're obviously always going to overpay, but I think that's a lot for Daniel Jones, who at best has been a slightly above average quarterback. That's what he was um, this most recent season, and it was his best. So, yeah, this is those guys that you just mentioned who are have, have yet to get contracts are definitely licking their chops now because they know if he can get over 40 a year, whatever it is, then they could easily get a, a decent amount more than that. Now, a couple things. So, obviously, like you said, Daniel Jones – he kind of, uh, like we were saying, reset the market. Lamar Jackson is another big piece because he got non-exclusive franchise tagged, which means a team can give up two first-rounders to have the ability to talk to Lamar Jackson and try to negotiate a deal with him. So say, for example, the Falcons were to try to negotiate with Lamar. They can give up two first-round picks to negotiate with him and then if they were to reach a deal, then those two first-round picks stay with Baltimore and the Falcons get Lamar, and then Lamar is with the team for however long the contract is for. So Lamar is still technically on the open market at, with the non-exclusive tag. He'll be making around $36 million with the, t the franchise tag, whereas if he were to get the... So he got the... Yeah, if he were to get the exclusive tag, he would have been making over $40 million. I believe it was $45 million. So, uh, and we were saying how that Lamar, with the way that he's getting non-exclusively tagged, that means a team who can afford him, knowing that the Ravens can't because they've made it very public that they cannot afford to give him a long-term deal, that yeah. a team like Miami or Denver, not that Denver would want him, but a team who has a lot of money and could come in and just make him an offer that the Ravens can't afford because the Ravens would have a chance to match, make him an offer that the Ravens or the, can't match, then you have Lamar in the bag and you're then like, the Dolphins are pretty set for a while. So yes, two first rounders isn't ideal for any team. Yeah. You're still getting you're, you're still getting a quarterback and uh, your team is pretty much set outside of that. So, And they could probably trade too if, for some more assets if they choose to go down that route. Yeah, Tua could be traded and like but I mean in Atlanta, he'd fit really well in Atlanta with their running game. So that'd be interesting to see down there too. Uh 
And then earlier, a couple other big things before we get into the free agency is uh, Derek Carr got signed by the Saints. He's making $37.5 million, which I think is a pretty respectable number for him. He's... He's about 30, 31, so he's a little bit up there in age, but he's still a serviceable quarterback. I don't think he's terrible. He's never really shown that he's an awful quarterback. So Derek Carr is now in the with the Saints, and Jameis Winston just got re-signed, so that's going to be an interesting. Yeah. Maybe they have a quarterback battle down there, so that's going to be interesting. Geno earned himself a three-year deal in Seattle, which I think yeah. is really interesting. Uh, three years, $105 million, making – a little over 30 mil a year. So good for him. It's about 36 mil a year. So that's good for him. I mean, he was supposed to be a huge prospect coming out of college and never was able to find a home. So that is really impressive for him. And the fact that he's able to get himself a contract, which he hasn't been able to do up to this point in his career. Uh, The Eagles, which something that was huge was Eagles looking to franchise tag CJGJ, which never happened. So now he is a free agent as we speak, and yet nothing has happened there. Uh, but the Eagles did re-sign Brandon Graham to a one-year $6 million deal, so he's staying there. And they also brought back Jason Kelsey, who is coming back on a one-year $14.25 million deal to play again. With that, I believe our second-round pick from last year, Cam Jurgens, is going to move to right guard because Isaac Sayamalu is the highest-ranked right guard in the league in free agency. So I believe Sayamalu is going to be gone to begin with. And then another uh, another franchise tag that we uh, kind of skipped over because it was a little bit of a weird situation, Washington tags Deron Payne and then ends up signing him to a yeah. four-year deal. Yeah, that was a little strange. I wasn't entirely sure how that worked. I'm glad they got the deal done because I'm glad to see Deron Payne back for the next four or five years. But yeah, it was originally that he signed a twenty something franchise, twenty something million franchise tag, and then a few days later, he got a four year, ninety million dollar contract, I believe, and that puts him. It's he's the second high second highest paid defensive lineman in the league just behind Aaron Donald, I was say um, Aaron Donald. and I really like that because I think if we're looking down down the line I think that he could ultimately be d- determined as underpaid with how the cap is going and all the money that's coming into the league I think we could be looking at this as possibly a little underpaid and how kind of guys like Daniel Jones and uh, Deshaun Watson's contract reset the market. I think this contract is going to reset the market for defensive tackles. Yeah, uh, that definitely does. And I did find out the franchise tag is null. So that four-year okay. deal starts this season. Okay. So franchise tag is totally wiped off the board. Uh, he is all set. Keep To keep it moving, The a couple big trades. I think the biggest one... One that I think we both believe the Panthers got fleeced on. Panthers get the first yeah. overall pick, but in order to do it, they gave up their first-round pick for this year, a second-round pick for this year, next year's first-round pick, and 2025 second-round pick, and DJ Moore. Which yeah, that's I, a lot. Yeah, we both believe We're just that a is single a pick back. terrible I understand trade. it's the first-round pick, but that's, that's pretty steep. Now, I kind of understand where they're coming from because it was number nine. So here, here's my thinking behind it. One, I believe the reason they had to overpay so much is because it is number nine. So when you're going from number nine, you're taking yourself out of the conversation for a lot of big players like Miles Murphy, like Will Anderson. Uh, Christian Gonzalez might be gone by then. You're, you're taking yourself out of that conversation for a lot of those big players and... All, I mean, not that the Bears were looking for a quarterback, but the quarterbacks are now out of the uh, – will most likely be out of there because I believe this this could be a four-quarterback top ten because Anthony Richardson upped his draft stock insanely in the combine and is now projected to be a top ten pick. And frankly, he might be the number one overall pick now with Carolina. Carolina and Seattle really liked Anthony Richardson and – 
Carolina was behind Seattle in the draft. So they just traded up to number one overall, and Anthony Richard may be the first overall pick, which is kind of crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has the talent, but he's very raw as a quarterback still in on the mental side. So that is yeah. that's just kind of goes to show how the combine can totally change someone's view and get them a lot more money. But the yeah, the Panthers make a huge trade and probably get fleeced. Another thing that I have against that trade for the Panthers is they just put themselves in the exact same shoes that the Bears were in. Yeah. Because they have the number one pick. Yes, they'll have a quarterback, but now you have no receivers. So they've basically just flipped positions with the Bears and made the Bears a way better team. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, like, how that turns out and who they will take number one overall because, I mean, there's about, like, three quarterbacks who could pot three or four quarterbacks who could feasibly go number one, and then there's also Will Anderson jr in the mix yeah. so he may Jalen carter top. depending yeah. on pending on his uh criminal situation yeah and there's also will anderson jr who is in some people's up there so yeah i'm really interested to see how this draft um really turns out but i'm not i understand the panthers kind of reasoning but i still think it's way too steep of a steep of a price to give up that much for this number one for sure i it is a very big big trade though and the panthers kind of put themselves in a rough position if if they were in a position to win in the next couple of seasons i'd understand a little bit more but they are not in any position to win so yeah that's it's definitely hard for them uh another big blockbuster trade that happened right before free agency jalen ramsey now going to the dolphins join miles uh by, I can't think of his name. The corner, he started out with, he got drafted by the Cowboys and he went over to the... Orlando the, Skandrick? No, it's Byron... Oh, not... I can't think of his name right now. I, kn- I know who you're talking about. I just can't remember yeah. his first name. And Xavier uh, Z- Howard. So they're forming a bit of a... Byron Jones. Byron Jones, thank you. Yes, I knew it was Byron something and I couldn't remember. Uh, So, yeah, they are creating a big tandem down there. Uh, And then just a couple other smaller things. Uh, Falcons traded for Jonu Smith. And then we get into free agency. So I think we'll just, like, rip off the band-aid and go through most of the signings and then just talk about the big ones. Uh, so Broncos found their backup quarterback. Jarrett Stidham goes to the Broncos, which not really big. He did make him a little bit of a name for himself this past season when Derek Carr left, but not huge. Uh, Javon Hargrave signs a $20 million deal with the 49ers, which if you can't stop him, then why don't you bring him on over? So, He's getting three years, 20 mil with the 49ers, and the 49ers keep, keep that D-line stacked. Yeah, that's going to be a still a dangerous defense. Yeah, so if they still have Eric Armstead, like I believe they do, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember their other edge rusher off the top of my head. but uh, And then another pretty big signing is Jimmy G going to the Raiders. Which yeah. mm. here's here's what I think is a big piece to that is Josh McDaniels in Vegas. Yeah. That's I think that's a big piece to it. Obviously Jimmy G not the uh most appealing of quarterbacks, but he knows Josh McDaniels system and he can win with him. So I'm sure that was a piece to it. And I believe that J- Jimmy Garoppolo will just be a a piece to just hold someone there until they can groom a quarterback. Yeah, honestly, that's the only thing I think this is. I mean, he's a he's a more handsome Derek Carr, pretty much. That's all he really is, and 
if you look at the Raiders where they are now, I think they're kind of in that purgatory spot. Um, and they just traded Darren Waller to the Giants for a third, so they yes. just lost him. Fourth. Not even a third. It was a fourth. Uh, it was a fourth. Goodness. But yeah, I just think the Raider, Raiders, where they are, they're not going to be really good enough. If they even do make the playoffs, it's just going to be a wild card, but they're not going to be like a top 10 or top 5 draft pick. They're going to be in that middle gray area, which yeah. is purgatory in all sports. Where the Cowboys have been for the last couple of years. <laughs> Well, not even because they've, they've they've made won, playoffs, like, but they yeah, haven't they haven't done anything like it's more like the Sharks and hockey of the past like five years. That's the worst, or this really like the Senators from like just eight sitting years ago. just sitting in the middle where you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get a decent pick. Yeah, that's the worst spot to be in any sports. You cannot convince me otherwise. I'd rather be the worst team in the league than that. I would agree with that. Uh. The Dolphins are signing Mike White. The big signing. Yeah, I I kind of wanted the Eagles to sign him as a backup just because like he does play well when he comes in. Although he is a little bit of a meme, but he does play yeah. well when he comes in. He played. Would have gone from one meme quarterback to another. He played through a broken rib in the against. Oh, who were they playing? I believe it was the Bills. And he just kept on playing. He got he got folded in half, literally collapsed, and he came back out and then left again and then came back and then left again and then came back and finished out the game. Like he he's a tough guy. Uh yeah. Panthers signed Von Bell to help boost up their defense. The Bears get Tremaine Edmonds, who was probably up there on the free agency linebacker list. And they also got yeah. TJ Edwards. So they just yeah. got their two starting linebackers with Roquan Smith leaving. Yeah, if um, Jay, not Jalen Hurts, what the heck's the guy's name? Their quarterback. Oh, Justin Fields. Yeah, if he can get his pass game really right this season, then I think they're a team who could really challenge for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I believe they they're definitely looking a lot better than they did. Like their safeties are good, yeah. Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson's contract is a little bit steep. But, uh, yeah, he's and he's starting to get a little bit older, but he's still a decent player. Yeah, he's still a decent player. Uh, and then their defensive line has been pretty decent. Uh, DJ Moore now for Justin Fields to throw to. When Darnell Mooney is healthy, he's good. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely look like they could be a decent team. Maybe if they get a couple of linemen in the draft, they might be in good shape. Uh, yeah. And then the Falcons sign the top one of the top safeties in Jesse Bates. Which, and they signed the top quarterback in the league in Taylor Heineke. Yeah, which I know you are so sad about. Um, honestly, not really, because I think like in order for um, what the heck is his name? How to take over? I'm not sure you can really have Heineke in the um in the System. locker room because he's because he is so loved. Yeah, I mean we saw it last year with the whole Wentz thing and then how at the end of the season, um, no matter what, this t people are going to support him and really rally around Heineke. As you mentioned, Falcons get Taylor Heineke, and they're just going to use him as a backup, but you're right. I mean, getting Taylor Heineke out is huge for Washington just because it's, he, like you said, everyone rallies around him, and he's just too loved. And it's, yeah, you're trying, when you're trying to move on, and you're keeping someone who just... I mean, Taylor Heineke was never great either. Like, he was decent, he was suitable, but he was never going to win you games. He wasn't going to take you to the playoffs. And so, in order to actually have success, he needed to be gone. Because he... Yeah. A really good stat line for Taylor Heineke was 200 passing yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Like, that was the average stat line for Taylor yeah. Heineke. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was really important for him to go, but... It, it is uh, kind of nice to see him move on from getting no offers anywhere, going from like six practice squads to finally starting one. Yeah, he and was now thinking about going contract. back to school, and then he obviously came into Washington, had that amazing playoff game, and that's really where the legend started. And yeah. I always have a yeah. soft spot um, for him because – 
watching that game against the uh, Bucks. That was one of the best times I think I've ever had as a Washington fan. I haven't enjoyed a game that much since 2012, like the uh, Cowboys game in 2012 specifically. But yeah, I mean, I understand why we had to get rid of him, but I mean, it's cool to see him getting a decent amount of money, though. Yeah, it is nice for him to actually make himself some money. Uh, The Steelers are signing Pat Pete. They might have the oldest secondary in NFL history now with Joe Hayden and Pat Pete. Yeah, if this was like 2012, that would be a They'd be absolutely world. disgusting. But yeah, that'd be gross, but it's it 2023. Uh, but speaking of old cornerbacks, the Eagles re-signed James Bradbury, three years, $38 million. I was going to get there. I'm kind of just going down the list. Uh, but since you mentioned it, yeah, I am, I am really excited that they've re-signed Bradbury. But what makes it a little eh for me is I would have rather – Gardner Johnson. Now they are trying. They are, I believe, they are still trying hard to get Gardner Johnson, and maybe they do figure out a deal. But I don't believe they're going to be able to keep both of them. They were. They're both really good players. Obviously, going to expect a lot of money. Bradbury did say though he did turn down other other offers in order to stay with Philly, and he said it wasn't. He said he believed that he he liked the familiarity in Philly and he believed the system worked here and that they still have the ability to do something. So he said, yeah, I was making – I could have got, made more money from other play, teams, but I like it in Philly. So I was, I was willing to take a little bit of a pay cut to be able to stay here. So he – I can't complain. It is a decent contract just making, making just under 13 mil, but uh, – Having him and Bradbury or Darius Slay, because I don't, I don't believe Darius Slay is going to go anywhere. I believe they're going to figure something out with him and be able to keep him. Uh, they are going to, I believe they're going to figure something out. Uh, but yes, I am happy about Bradbury coming back. Uh, but continuing to go down the line, yesterday Sam Darnold signed with the 49ers, which I believe is just a we need to have a decent quarterback for the first five weeks while we're waiting for one of our other quarterbacks to get healthy uh that's an insurance policy yeah that's really what that is i don't think there's any there's no chance sam darnold will push for anything in san fran uh chargers signed eric kendricks after he got released from the vikings so eric kendricks is going to la it kind of sucks because i was kind of hoping he would come to washington because we obviously need linebackers but good signing for them and that defense i still think should be yeah. la looks good next season because i was i thought they were a little disappointing this season you have khalil mack and you have joey bosa and and then they have jc jackson in the secondary i mean granted he got hurt but yeah. they had jc jackson but yeah they do have a really good defense and i was asked by someone to give me my super bowl predictions right now like who do i think would go and i was like can i wait a bit like can i wait for free agency to happen the draft and they're like no i need one right now and i'm just trying to think i'm like well la is still pretty good the chargers i'm like i like la obviously you can't count out the chiefs but like la is i believe they played really well with what they had and i believe they are still going to make a push for at the playoffs maybe even a super bowl this season yeah, so. if they can stay healthy they're going to be really dangerous uh, as I mentioned earlier, J- Saints re-sign the uh, Jameis Winston. The Texans got Jimmy Ward, a little bit of an older safety, but uh, got themselves a starting safety after letting Justin Reed walk last season. Uh, Jacoby Myers, he is joining the Raiders, which I believe is kind of ironic because of that play from earlier in the season. Yeah. But... uh. Who would have thunk that that was his interview for the team? And But, again, another former Patriot that Josh McDaniels knew. I think that played into it a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that's he, definitely the biggest thing. Yeah, so that's – I believe that played a part in it. But he's a, he's going to be decent because with Hunter Renfro and Vontae Adams, he's not really going to attract that much attention, but he's not a – he's not a liability to have out there. So – uh, the Dolphins are re-signing Raheem Morris, which is 
decent for them. Uh, now, here's one that I am really I'm I'm not stoked about. I won't be mad depending on how it plays out, but I'm not stoked about it. And it's the Eagles signing Rashad Penny. Uh, for one, I have I I believe if you're gonna pick up a only good when healthy player, but still never healthy running back, why not keep Miles Sanders? <laughs> uh, like I. Well, because he's going to cost a lot more, in, though. No, Rashad, in reality, for nothing. in reality, Miles Sanders is going to make more money. Is going to make more money now. The contract details aren't out yet, so I don't know what he's getting paid. That'll also play into the play into what I how I think that'll work out. But for Rashad Penny, yeah, I have I'm looking at um, according to Ian Rappaport, it's like a one year deal worth like one point. Oh, so it's a veteran minimum. Three million. Okay, yeah. that that's that's not it's bad not. then because Rashad Penny is so injury prone. It's not even funny. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's played a single full season since he started, and his rookie year, he wasn't even the starter, and he still didn't play a full season. So he he's very injury prone, but when he plays, he is really good. So it's a it's a high risk high reward type of deal i guess but very low money so i can see why they did it but you're right miles sanders is going to cost a lot more than 1.5 million and i believe if they were able to find a way to bring him back on like a six million dollar deal that they should have been able to do that but yeah it doesn't look like that's going to happen and it looks like he is going to be out of philadelphia so aaron Rodgers looks highly likely uh so it looks like he's going to be going to the jets they traveled across the country to go talk to him in california looks like he's going to be getting traded to the jets which means the packers are pretty much done with him and he made a wish list of people he wants there randall cobb alan lazard odell beckham and mercedes lewis and alan lazard now signs with the jets which it's kind of ironic because he says he has no weapons in green bay and now asks for them all and new york but i mean yeah but it's he's adding to a pool of players like if they can get rogers while keeping a guy like Brees hall that would be yeah Brees hall garrett wilson they had both off they had both rookie of the years offensive and defensive so the jets are a good team their defense is good they're uh i mean they held the dolphins granted the dolphins didn't have a quarterback either at that point but they held the dolphins to 11 points at the end of the season not even nine points because the last two points were a safety so that's still pretty good considering the offense they have and good for the jets it'll like if they can get them it will be like their first true franchise quarterback they've had since probably Joe Namath because they have made it to two AFC championships in the 2000s, but it was with Chad Pennington and Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. But you know what's crazy about the one that was with Mark Sanchez? They were a yard away from going to the Super Bowl and facing the Cardinals. That is just insanely crazy to me. Just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, imagine the Jets in the Super Bowl. Imagine if they won. Yeah, that'd be wild. Like, it's there's some teams that are in your head are just like they're always bad. The Jets being one of them, the Browns. But the Jet, the Jets teams had some really good teams, like the Curtis Martin teams when um Bill Parcells was the coach, and then when Rex Ryan first got there, their defense was nasty. Uh, yeah, and I mean they also had Santonio San Holmes and. Uh, Who's their running back? I feel like they had a pretty good running back, too. Yeah, they had a young Santana for the second iteration of the team or the first? Because they had Curtis Martin. Um, the second time around, they had a Ladan- an old Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, yeah, LT. I remember yeah. that LT. Uh, then Cowboys trade for Stephon Gilmore, which obviously, I mean, Stephon Gilmore is good. He's known for his name, but he's getting up there in age. So, but it's, I'd still say it's a decent trade. They didn't yeah. give up too much for him. So. The, I mean, now you have Diggs and Gilmore in Dallas, Slay and Bradbury, because Bradbury re-signed with the Eagles, and after a whole roller coaster of emotions uh, yeah, and tweets, really... Slay is staying in Philly. So that was a whole ride, but uh, Slay and yeah. Bradbury both staying in Philly. Uh, so yeah, the NFC East has got some pretty good 
cornerback duos there. And then the Giants, they have a good safety duo with Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. So, and so do the Commanders, to be fair. We have Cam Curl and Derek Forrest, too. Yeah. Derek Forrest had a very good breakout season. Yeah, so, I mean, they've it's got we've got some pretty good secondary play in the NFC East now. Uh, and, and in the span of about three years, I think we've gone from undoubtedly the worst division in football to one of the best. Yeah, the best, probably. Because the bet, well, it's arguably, but... Like, each team, like, the worst team in the division is considered decent to average. Yeah. I, all four teams could make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, then the Panthers sign Hayden Hurst, tight end, and Andy Dalton at quarterback. I don't think Andy Dalton will really be a factor because I believe they're going to pick a quarterback with the first pick. So yeah. I believe he's going to be a backup. And then Hayden Hurst, he's a decent tight end. Uh, Lions sign David Montgomery to back up DeAndre Swift because Jamal Williams signed with the Saints. Uh, so a little bit of a jumble up there, which Jamal Williams was a touchdown machine. I believe he had 17 touchdowns last season. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, so that's kind of a it's kind of an, a bad – I think that's a bad loss for the Lions because he, he was a guy who played with heart. He definitely – he wasn't a – eye grabber when he played but he definitely played hard that's for sure um jordan poyer is re-signing with the bills for two years uh here's a really interesting sign to me because of just the type of player he is and the type of coach he'll be playing under which is juju going to the patriots yeah that seems like a mixture of oil and water i don't I mean, understand because they they gave him money, but it just seems personality wise that that is yeah. a really awful fit. Because he, at the end of his tenure with the uh, Steelers, he was having problems with Mike Tomlin, and I think Mike Tomlin's a lot more easygoing than Bill Belichick. But I, I guess we'll see how that works out. But I can't see Juju doing TikToks in the yeah, players' meeting room. That's what I see is, like, I think it'll be helpful for Juju, but at the same time, I could definitely see Bill Belichick uh, always on a thin line with Juju. Yeah. Uh, then, and I don't remember if we already talked about it, but Darren Waller getting traded to the Giants is Yeah, I, I mentioned it a little huge. bit before, but I think that's a great trade for the Giants giving up a third for Darren Waller who still has the potential not to be even a, a third he was a fourth he, dang that's the, he has the potential to be a top five tight end in the league now that's um, that's the issue is he only has the potential he's only played yeah, two full seasons in his seven se- in his seven year career so yeah he's he's very injury prone which is hard but when he is healthy he is very good and he's a very good pass catching tight end He's a top three tight end in the league when he's healthy, but that's the mm-hmm. issue. It's only when he's healthy. So Yeah. I mean, he fits right in with the Giants with players who have great potential but really horrible entry track records. Him and Saquon are going to be like this. They're going to be so close. Uh, which Saquon is, I'm sure he's not happy about the franchise tag because of that issue. If he gets injured this season, then he's in trouble. Yeah, and he, I mean, I teams would definitely sign him but the amount of money i think he'll get will be significantly downgraded i mean i could see him getting a similar contract if he does get hurt to like a mile like what miles sanders got and miles sanders got like a four-year 25 million dollar deal if saquon were to get another injury i could see him falling in, in that ballpark uh a couple big releases cowboys releasing uh zeke the Colter releasing the best Matt center Ryan. in Cowboys history. Huh? Oh, yeah, best center. Uh, and that was then, his last play as a Cowboy. Yeah. And the Browns are releasing uh, Jadavion Clowney. So that's, some, that's a little shocking to me. That's some big releases. Uh, and then just to finish out the signings, Jacoby Brissett signs with, signs with the Commanders, which isn't a terrible signing for you. He's a decent guy. Yeah, I actually like it. He's apparently a very good like locker room guy. Um, he's going to do a lot with Sam Howell. And Jacoby Prezet, he kind of proved with the Browns that he can be a decent quarterback. He can do enough for you to like get out some wins. So if the Sam Howell experiment isn't working initially, you can put him in and he'll he's a professional enough quarterback 
to really to help us out. And we did also make a few other signings. Um, David Mayo, we signed Andrew Wiley, and we, who's a decent. Um, he should be a decent okay. player. He's on our very, line he's very streaky. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that. But we also got Nick Gates, who can play all along the line, and that gives us a lot more versatility. So I like that. So, so far, I, I'm actually a big fan of the Commanders' offseason. Um, the only kind of thing that kind of sucks, I understand why they did it, but we released J.D. McKissick, and why we did it, um, he had a big neck injury, and he's getting older, so understand why we did it but it sucks because i like jd mckissick we saw a few years ago that feels like he's been in the for ages yeah we saw given the opportunity he could be a real threat but i just think injuries are starting to derail him uh and then just eagles re-sign fletcher cox like i said after a roller coaster of emotions they bring uh darius slay back and then the only other thing that really like about the Eagles offseason just to finish that up is I think the Eagles have a very very good chance to make another deep playoff run they essentially have brought back all the big pieces to their defense so they didn't bring back Hargrave they didn't bring back either linebackers but N'Kobe Dean has proved he's ready to play so that really only means you need one linebacker there and then CJGJ they're still working on which as I as I said to someone earlier while I think there's a little bit of optimism in the fact that he hasn't been signed yet. With Jesse Bates signing with Atlanta, Gardner Johnson is now the top safety left on the market, and the fact that he hasn't been signed by anyone else I think shows that he is willing to try to make something work out in Philadelphia to stay in Philadelphia, which I think is uh, brings some optimism towards that situation, but obviously they got to wait to see if they can bring him back, and if they do... I believe they have a really good chance because they now have two solid corners. Their D-line is still essentially the same. They brought BG back, brought Cox back. Uh, Hassan Reddick is obviously still there, Josh Sweat. So their D-line is essentially the same. They just need a linebacker, and then they gotta, we got to see what they do with the safeties. But I now think in the draft, since they got Darius Slay back, I think they're either going to – I think they're either going to go – somewhere in the trenches with it with that 10 overall pick but what i think will really be what i think will really happen is i think they're going to trade down from the 10 pick to like somewhere below 15 maybe even below 20 to try to get a little bit more for either this year or next year and then i think they'll just try to take two solid pieces that they can groom for the next couple of seasons because they're going to need a right guard because once kelsey retires jurgens is going to move over to center and then Lane Johnson's getting up there in age too, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what, how he does at the draft. But I'm I'm fairly pleased with what has happened in free agency. I don't think it's as much of a downfall as everyone is making it seem. Um, I will agree that slightly. I mean, there's still some things that need to be seen. I think a lot of this banks on the success of your draft class. Um, I think it you're going to go trenches. Okay, yeah, I, I know there. You need a linebacker more Which than you he, need they will never first. draft in the first round. Yeah, they won't do that. But I mean, this year I can maybe kind of understand it because if you look at both your lines, your offensive line is getting older. Same with your defensive line. Fletcher Cox is on one year, so I can understand that. But I just, I still think you need a linebacker. He's you won't. He's very Howie Roseman's very good with getting those signings after the draft, though. So. James yeah. Bradbury was signed post-draft. I believe Kaiser White was signed post-draft. Uh, I want to say there was one more who was signed post, like one more big name that we had that was signed post-draft. Uh, Ronald Darby was traded for post-draft a couple seasons ago when we won the Super Bowl. So I'm. it's a very, like, with Howie Roseman, you have to wait the entire offseason because he's always working and always trying to yeah. figure something out. So. I'm not worried about it. I do want a linebacker. I'd rather a more coverage-friendly linebacker because Nicobe Dean will is a coast-to-coast, sideline-to-sideline uh, side linebacker. So I want a more coverage-heavy linebacker. But I, I do agree we do need a linebacker, and then the safeties are the only other two questions. So 
I'm I'm still very pleased, and there's obviously still a lot more to be done with Howie, so not too worried about it. Uh, and then we lost Gardner Minshew, who goes to the Colts, and Miles Sanders, who goes to the Panthers, which I'm so sad Miles Sanders is gone. Obviously, I had a little bias towards him because he's a Penn Stater, but uh, at least he didn't get go to an interdivisional opponent or another team that I really dislike so that I can at least you know watch him a little bit and enjoy watching him a little bit but uh yeah he he had a he had a good rookie rookie contract here and I'm hoping he succeeds in Carolina I think Carolina is starting to look a little bit decent too like they don't look awful but they don't look great still their defense is ooh, their defense is a little rough but they can be a solid six win team I think uh I also think Miles Sanders will get a lot more work in Carolina Carolina worked yeah, a lot. Now, I'm not trying to compare Miles Sanders to Christian McCaffrey even in the slightest. But, yeah, but they did work through McCaffrey a lot. So I think that in Carolina, Miles Sanders will actually be a three-down back. I think they'll throw him the ball more, hand him the ball off more. So I think he will get used more in Carolina. So it is – I think it is better off for him, but that that is someone I'm sad to see go. And then Gardner Minshew, he was a backup quarterback. I expected to see him go, so – Maybe he starts in Indianapolis this season. Yeah, I could see that because they did release Matt Ryan, and boy, that was a failure of a signing. Uh, yeah, they, they think, need to learn how to not sign old quarterbacks. I mean, Wentz would have probably been a better option if they just kept them because he had a decent season with them. But... Yeah, but he fell off on the last two games that mattered. Yeah, I mean... Could Wentz go to the Eagles as a backup, though? <laughs> no, no, no shot. That would be funny if that happened. It won't, but which apparently I, I, he I'm was not. a he was at the combine networking trying to find a job. Which the combine is apparently like huge for people to just go and talk to. So that's a uh, that's interesting, but uh, that really wraps up free agency. This was now. This has been a essentially a four-day process for us to get through this. I'm sure if you're watching, you can see we are in different clothes because this is... And it's a different time of day. Yes, this, is, this has been a rough process over the past week, but it has been nice uh, in the fact that we've been able to get more news as the week has gone along, mm-hmm. so it, we're not just stuck with what we have. So, yes, it was a little rough to try to do, but uh, it did work out for us too, so... Uh, as long as that's all you got for NFL, anything else, any other signings or anything that you wanted to talk about? That's all I got for the NFL. All right, so now we're going to move over to the NHL, which neither of our teams are in a very favorable spot. Obviously, Caps sold at the deadline. The Flyers were selling even before the deadline. But as we said at the start, Flyers just fired their GM in Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. Now, Chuck Fletcher has been getting called to be fired for quite some time now by the fans and everything. Rightfully so. uh, I did hear a, I heard an interview with him about the whole JVR situation, which is really what kind of set off the get Chuck Fletcher out of here. I'm done with him situation in the fact that they, everyone wanted JVR out and he was trying to get JVR out. And he said, look, I was trying all day to get him out, but that you have to understand JVR had a big cap hit. They were going to retain half the salary, but that's still 3.5 mil going to you. And uh, he was like, we just had no offers there. There's nothing you can do if you don't have any offers from any other team. Now, I don't know how true, what's true, how true it is, but I mean, he's got a point. If you don't have teams, then you can't make a trade. He was close to making a trade with Detroit, but they were trying to work with they were trying to work with another team to move someone in order to make room for JVR, which is what happened with the Kings. Kings were, when they were trading for Zach McEwen, they were trying to move Brendan Lemieux. And Fletcher was like, well, why don't you just give me Brendan Lemieux? And so that's how that worked out. But, I mean, Detroit was trying to find somebody to move, was trying to move someone prior to getting JVR. And that half of their trade didn't work out, which made them not be able to take JVR. And that was approaching the deadline. That was like 30 minutes before the deadline. So hence why JVR didn't get moved and Chuck Fletcher ends up getting fired, which, I mean, he's been kind of stuck in this mediocrity for the past couple seasons. 
so I can see why it happened. Uh, Danny Briere gets promoted to interim GM at the moment. Now, here's something I didn't like. I can understand where he's coming from, but he said that he's open to hearing for trade talks for Carter Hart. Now, obviously, as an interim GM and the position they're in right now, they are not in any position to say anyone is untradeable. Everyone on their roster is tradable at the moment. But if there is one player who I think is close to untradeable, it's Carter Hart. The the Flyers have been looking for a goalie like this probably since Ron Hextall. They have not had a shutdown goalie who you can count on consistently in ages. Like, yeah, like, if you go back, you can name so many Flyers goalkeepers. Like, like remember Michael Neuvers, yeah. Ray Emery, Ilya Brzgalov, Chris Mason. S- Steve There's Mason. There's a whole lady brothers. We could... Chris Mason. I don't know. I don't know who Chris Mason is, but uh, yeah, Steve you, Mason. You know I mean? And then yeah, the, there's a lot of goalies. the last goalie that even came close to Carter Hart is uh, Brian Chris Boucher. Gaul. No, Boucher. I think Boucher was closer to being uh, like. I would say Carter Hart is an elite goaltender right now. His numbers don't look phenomenal. He only has a 907 save percentage. Uh, close to a 2-9 goals against average but and his record isn't great but he's also playing with a team who can't score so he has a losing record but that's because nobody on the team can score we we've now hit our fourth game since the all-star break that we've scored more than two goals two nights ago when we played vegas so like the team just is not scoring in front of him there's nothing he can do he's doing all he can in between the pipes and that's all he can really do. The offense is what's lacking. Now, with that being said, one of the reasons that I don't like this is, for one, Carter Hart is insane in the net. He plays his heart out every game. He said that he would play every single game if they allowed him, but obviously they don't do that. So he loves taking volume. He would play 60 games. He is a really good goaltender, too. Makes a lot of saves that he shouldn't be making, but... A reason that I don't like the fact that they want to move him is looking at some of these players that, because this season has been a what-do-we-have season. You look at some of the players, Owen Tippett looks really good while his he can work a little bit better on his finishing and his shooting, but he is a powerful skater. He has shown flashes of being really good. Travis Konechny, we already see what we have in him. He is going to be our top point scorer every season, so he's really good. Uh, Scott Lawton has signed a five-year deal i believe it was two seasons ago so he's got three more years with us he's had a really good season morgan frost has played the season like he's ready to stay in the stay on the team cam york like they still look like they have a lot of young pieces that they can work with and i don't think that this team is as close to the bottom as everyone thinks it is i believe that they are now Will that get them stuck in that gray area like we were talking about with the Raiders earlier where they're kind of like just barely making the playoffs and not doing anything in the playoffs? Maybe, but I don't yeah. think I don't think that this team is as close to the bottom as, as everyone thinks they are. Now, with that being said, and I'm not complaining about this, they are, the last time I checked, they are the fifth worst team in the league. Uh, yeah, they're the fifth fifth worst team in the league right now five points ahead of anaheim putting them very very close into the connor bedard race which i would definitely not be angry if we got connor bedard yeah i I don't think anyone would but but yeah i'm not of all the players to trade heart isn't yeah he isn't the one, one of them yeah, he just these... simply isn't. There's so many other guys you can point to and say, okay, we could maybe get him. Like, you can make a case that Travis Konechny probably should be traded before Carter Hart. The, it, like, that's a genuine thing. The only, the only, another upside to if he does get traded, the return is going to be hefty. There's definitely, there could be two first rounders coming back for Carter Hart. If you do trade him, I'm, well, he, he is still a goalie. I, I don't yeah, know but he's only 24 years that. old. I understand that. He's 24 years I'm old not, and he's already putting up. He started in the league when he was 21. 
So he's already putting up elite numbers. Most goalies don't even get into the league until they're 23. And he okay, was... Elite number, he, he hasn't been putting up elite numbers, Tristan. The, okay, maybe... Here, he, he's, his save percentage is 906 with 2.96 goals against average. His career best is 914 on 2.42. Now, that's pretty good, but it's not elite. All right, he let me... He can get here. to elite in the proper system. I, I agree with that fully, but... Let me, let me reword that then. Ever, let me reword that then. Because I, I realized after I had said it that you're right. The numbers aren't elite. But if if you look at the way he plays, he plays like an elite goaltender. I, I apologize. I, I, do, I, do agree, I do agree with you. The numbers don't look spectacular. But uh, the, the way he plays, and that's something that I know you and anyone who isn't a Flyers fan isn't watching – every night to see what he plays but the way he plays is definitely on the higher end of goaltenders in yeah. the league so uh yes i apologize for the wrong wording there but yes carter hart is definitely not a player to trade and they need to keep him in the room as mm-hmm. if they can i understand where briere is coming from in that anyone is open but this is one player that i think you kind of look at in your Here's what I believe is being said. I think it's if someone calls, there is no player that you're going to hear the name of and immediately hang the phone up. If yeah. I think they are going to listen to anyone who wants to talk about them to them about any trades, but uh I do believe that in order to get Carter Hart, they're going to have to pay a hefty price whatever team it is. Yeah. Uh but like I said, aside from that, it's really all the same uh the same players kind of staying staying in the lineup. No one really knew coming up. Nothing really flashy coming out of Philadelphia aside from Chuck Fletcher, but Sean Couturier was skating with the team, so maybe we catch a little bit him of him at the end of the season, but still no one uh Nothing really new. The team still is struggling, obviously, just trying to assess the team on what they are for the future. Yeah. And I believe that's really the same thing coming out of Washington, correct? Yeah, in our last 10, we're 5-4-1. and one. Um, we're, Right now we are in hockey purgatory because I don't want us to make the playoffs, but we most likely aren't. But our draft pick isn't going to be in the top 10 because we're just not bad enough a team to be there. Um, so I think a major rework needs to happen. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. Um, I think this offseason is the offseason to trade up getting Kuznetsov. Um, Kuznetsov only has one more point than Dylan Strom, and Dylan Strom has been playing. He's been playing with the third line sometimes, and Kuzi, he just needs to go and – a guy like Mantha, I'm. I think Mantha sucks. Okay, I've never seen anybody play more uninspired than he has. He, I don't think I've ever seen him kind of skate hard, even in the playoffs. It just looks like he's coasting, and I'm really tired of that. And Marcus Johansson still has more points than him for the Caps. So does Sonny Milano, a guy we picked off up off the waivers this season. He didn't have a job. Okay, and he's like on four million dollars less than mantha Anishiri has more points than him tj oshi on 51 games compared to mantha's 61 has more points than him so mantha needs to go kuznetsov really needs to go i think carlson his name isn't off limits kind of i'm not sure you maybe really like truly pursue a trade like really pursue it but i don't think his name should be taken out of the pot just because what he's done here so yeah i just not a great season um pretty average the one bright spot is rasmus sandin has looked incredible for us in six games he has nine points which is great he he looks like a really nice good young defenseman and i really hope we can get him signed to a longer term deal because i think he can be he can be the next John Carlson because, like, the same way John Carlson followed in Mike Green's footsteps, I think Sandin can follow in Carlson's footsteps. Sandin is only think, 22, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
there's a point at where Carlson was starting to play a lot better. Mike Green was at a lot of Caps fans were at the end of his wits with Mike Green because it's at the same point we are now with Carlson where his offensive production is okay, but he makes a lot of mistakes on defense and a lot of those mistakes you really scratch your head at, like it leads to a lot of opportunities out in front of the net. So yeah, that is not a great season for the Caps. We need a new coach and we need Brian McClellan needs to actually do a major rework of this team. We have a decent amount of cap freed up. So use that to sign younger guys. I was going to say some of the pylons on the team. It's going to be interesting to see too, because Ovi is not in a rebuild stage of his life. He wants to break the goal record and that's really it. That's what he's playing for at this point. Yeah. I I think he can. And it's not like we're going to get rid of everybody, but we need to get rid of guys like Kuznetsov, Mantha. We need to do a major rework because this isn't working. Yeah. So, It'll be really interesting to see what they do to try to at least stay a bit competitive to keep Ovi happy because he's not going to want to – he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. He is way too old for that. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, But other than that, I mean, there's nothing really going on with either of those teams. Uh, We are approaching the end of the season, though, as – we're starting to we're in the last 15 games for a mm-hmm. lot of teams uh so that's why i'd be i'm really hoping we get to see couturier come back in the near future because he's we're 15 games out and we're trying to get at least some sort of idea of what he'll be able to do come next season but uh we are approaching the end of the season and I will say, though, even if the Flyers aren't playing, which they won't be, uh, I do love watching playoff hockey. So that that at least is a bright side to that. Uh, Is there anything else for the NHL? That's all I got for the NHL. That's all I really have. Uh, And just to close it out for the last little bit here, uh, just a little, little news on the Phillies in Andrew Painter, who is one of the Phillies' top prospects, pitching prospects, looked like he was going to be going into the MLB this season, not looking like he's going to be making an appearance in the MLB as he's gotten injured in spring training and he's going to be out for at least a month. So that's kind of going to slow down his progress going into the MLB, but at least he'll probably be able to get there about halfway through the season. Uh, So... Uh, that isn't great news coming out of Philly, but we are actually. I guess we're not that close as I as close as I thought we were. I thought it was go. later in March. I was gonna say we're close to opening day, but it's kind of. It's like a month away. Uh, less than that, I would think. Just under. Like three quarters of a month, I think. I was gonna say, isn't it April seventh usually when opening day is? I believe. Yeah, that's it's what around it. there. Uh, let's see. But. I know that it's you yeah it's usually around that time so I was when you said a month I was like eh. uh opening day is March 30th so it's 2 weeks from today okay so we are pr- we're relatively close yeah and we have a really weird opening week schedule we have Texas and then the Yankees that is a – which I think I remember looking at this when it happened saying, like, this is odd that it's a – you know what I do really like about this season, though, in the spring training is the fact that a lot of our good players are playing in the World Baseball Classic, which it's a little bit more competitive to be playing in that than in yeah, spring training. So, so Schwarber, Trey Turner – uh, they're both in the World Baseball Classic. Garrett Stubbs, JT Real Muto, they're all in the Classic. So yeah. having having that going on right now I think is nice to have and nice to see for a lot of our starters because they're playing actual competitive baseball as opposed to some of... Yeah, I, I think it's good for baseball in general because it gets people excited for baseball and it's good for everybody apart from Mets fans because uh, if you haven't seen Edwin Diaz who was... Oh, yeah, he... One of the best stories in baseball last year because of the trumpets and how good he was. He's out for the season. 
He's done, done. Oh, I didn't see he was out for the season. I saw he got yeah, injured, but done. I didn't. And he got injured celebrating. Yeah, I, I remember that happened in football, like, close to 10 years ago where somebody tore what, their ACL. Yeah, one of the linebackers a got a sack and tore his ACL. I don't remember the That is the really, I know I'm probably not supposed to laugh at that, but that was really hard not to laugh at that. It's karma. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I think that having the World Baseball Classic is really beneficial for some players. Yeah, and for me... For Nationals, we don't have a lot of players, but Joey Manessis, he had a huge game for Mexico against the U.S. He was, he had five RBI and two two home runs and was the reason they beat us. So I'm looking for a big season from Joey Manessis because he had an incredible second half. He had close to a 1,000 OPS and as a close to 30-year-old rookie, if he isn't already 30. We, we play Venezuela. The U.S. plays Venezuela. In order to get into the semifinal, See, Joey Manessis is Cuba. thirty. And you know what Joey Manessis makes me wonder about? How many other players like him are down in the minors? I guarantee a lot. Yeah, like how many players would come up and just go off? Yeah. Uh, but with that, that is going to close it out for this week. Uh, you guys can follow our Instagram and TikTok where we post big news. A lot of free agency stuff coming out on there. Uh, BL in the DC on Instagram and TikTok. You can email us questions or comments at BL in the DC at gmail.com. And you can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple where we release these podcasts every week. Also on YouTube uh, at Brotherly Love in the District. So with that, we are going to end it off there and we will see you guys next week. See you later.